Hello and welcome to episode number 238 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. Good, good. We Here are for back. another week. We are indeed. We are back with um, another Shudder film. Um, Shudder keeping us very busy this year, which it is really very are. much appreciated. Um, and yeah, in the coming weeks, we're going to be discussing more Shudder content, um, but we'll get to that at the end of the show as mm-hmm. a nice little preview. Um, but of course, this week we'll be, we will be discussing Lucky that uh, came out just this past week, um, of course, on Shudder. Um, and of course, we'll have to talk about the WandaVision finale at the end of this week's episode. Um, yes, yes, we will. But, uh, yeah, go, go and straight. And we have some good news. feedback as well. Yeah, we do indeed. A little voicemail review of a film, uh, which we'll get to later on. Um, but yeah, mm. kicking things off with the news and probably the most feel good, best news story we've got to talk about, certainly this year, um, mm. which is fantastic news. I'm assuming you've seen this. If you haven't, this is going to be brilliant. Um, but it's the it's about the movie that we constantly keep talking about over the last year amid all the delays, um, which is one A Quiet Place Part 2. Um we discussed last week the news about it where basically it was coming to paramount plus 45 days after its release in cinemas um and also just to clarify because last week i really hadn't done my research whereas i have read up on it now paramount plus is what cbs all access was um it's basically a rebranding yeah it's obviously getting bigger and better because Mm. more of the bigger releases so that's kind of why it's got it's it's branching out just from the cbs content and now Mm. bringing in a lot more movies so that makes way more sense to me now um but yeah this news i saw this tweet as it broke because it was a tweet from one john krasinski um which just read the following they always say good things come to those who wait well i think we've waited long enough a quiet place part two memorial day now when i first saw this tweet i was freaking out because i was like well this sounds like good news but also as a as a uk citizen i have no idea when memorial day is <laughs> i mean that's literally what i was going to say to you now tell me when memorial day is so, I quickly Googled it and in a, in a midst of a panic and I believe the actual day of Memorial day is the 31st of May. Um, but the, the new release date is of the weekend, May 28th, 2021. Um, so this has been, that's, that's good. Yes. <laughs> the reason, um, the reason why it's also good is I think our cinema should be allowed to be open by then. That apparently, yeah. So according to the cut, are the, we like the eighteenth of May or something? I think it's the seventeenth. Seventeenth, um, okay. So which is and yeah, that kind of. I mean, this is all good news, obviously, but mm. it seems like they're targeting May as like the reopening of proper cinemas. Obviously, this is this on its own. Before we get into the wider picture, incredible news. Um, the fact that it's been brought forward, what three slash four months mm. is amazing. And obviously, the delays have crippled this movie to death. But like, it's awesome that they just, they figured it out and been like, okay, there's a slot in here. And also with the news last week, with the rebranding of Paramount Plus, to me, it feels like regardless of what happens by June, we will have seen this film, Um, (laughs) which I think is a massive win. Um, You know, I hope we see it that weekend in the cinema, but if worse comes to worse, we'll at least, at least get it on demand in June. Um, Mm. So yeah. Are you, are you happy about this news? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's um Have you seen this? Uh no, no. Oh nice. Um because yeah, I've I've just basically stayed away from media for the last however long at this point I've had mm. enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um but uh I just spend I spend my life going off social media because I'm trying to avoid spoilers for certain things I haven't watched yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then like cool. when when you can be in a spoiler free world you're like okay now i can go on there and then something gets bought for you anyway 
yeah and then you realize like um, oh wait it's actually i'm better off without it anyway so yeah yeah exactly um but but yeah for, for me obviously like we've talked at length about these delays and i've kind of got fatigued with them as you can tell where yeah. i'm just like i can't get excited about a new candy mandate or whatever because i just don't believe it whereas like like you said last week with this paramount deal and with with this on demand thing we are pretty much guaranteed to see it by june Mm. so like even if we don't get that may day we we kind of know that the, like you know we, we have this window now where we guarantee to see it which is more than we've had since last march definitely so that's what gets me excited the two things together uh, the fact that obviously the the theatrical release coincides with the fact that our uk cinemas will be open is exciting because i i cannot wait to get back to this cinema and like uh you know i was talking to, to a friend about this just saying that like just because the UK cinemas open doesn't mean that we're going to be going to see anything because right. when they opened before it was, it was a shit show. There was just a load of old stuff and we got to see uh tenant and that was mm. basically in St. Maud. There was and news like, a couple of weeks ago, which was way more important to me around the same time of the UK, mm. opening, which was, it was, uh, I can't remember which one, but it was either New York or LA. One of the two, I can't remember which one. Yeah, that's what I care about. Had finally opened up their cinemas for the first time in like a year and mm. with obviously limited capacity and all that stuff, social distancing. And so that to me was like a huge win because yeah, that's when we're going to get these movies actually keeping their release dates if these huge markets stay open it doesn't really matter about us at the end of the day yeah um, unfortunately but yeah this is phenomenal news and obviously yeah tying it back to what i said before like yeah it seems like they're targeting may um as of right now we have black widow slated for may 7th um two weeks later we have spiral for may 21st just after the kind of the, the casual mm. reopening shall we say for the uk and then the week after that is now a quiet place part two um all three movies i am dying to see they're right up there at the top of my most anticipated movie list um and i just pray that we get to see all three of these that soon and hopefully at the cinema because i'll be a very happy man if we do it's one of those as well where it's like this dream of 2021 that we joked about last year mm. like is is starting to feel a little bit real and like these releases are stacking up that we we literally would get to see three insanely hyped movies a week after another yeah whereas like for the longest time now like i'm not gonna lie to you uh or you know like i knew nothing about this week's movie uh and you, you threw me the title and and, and we we watched it <laughs> you know like yeah that's been going on for so long and like to actually have a movie with hype behind it is is proper exciting let alone having three or four in a row it's just crazy definitely and that's what this podcast is all about and we've obviously had to like everyone else has but like yeah that's the routine we want to get back into of seeing these big movies that we care about um and then also the hype like because that's i think the biggest problem is like you say it's been taken from us that we can't mm. feel fully excited like once we hit kind of mid-april and these and these um dates are sticking i really want to try and get hyped but i think it'll only happen once we get a few of them out of the way um and once we see like if i get to see spiral this may i mean i'm I'm gonna go watch it like five times <laughs> if it's at the <laughs> cinema. I'm not even joking. Like I miss the cinema so much, and we go a lot anyway. But I'm going every single week when that's open. Like I don't care <laughs> what's showing because um, I just miss it that much. Um, but yeah, this is awesome news. I, I, it's so nice to have this. And I just hope that it continues. Um, next up is a nice little update of a movie that we knew that was coming um, to Netflix, um, The Woman in the Window, um, which is very much more of like a thriller, but I really mm. like to look at the trailer, um, which we know can go multiple ways based mm. on a few movies we've seen this year. Um, but uh, do you remember this one, the, the movie? Yeah. Um, 
so we already knew that kind of netflix had picked it up it was supposed to just be a cinema release netflix had picked it up but we now know the date um and it will be right. streaming on the service um may 14th um so May's again it's gonna be busy yeah that is literally the week that didn't have a film so as as of right now it goes black widow women in the window on netflix uh spiral quiet place so <laughs> that would be pretty awesome um see and then yeah like i say we know this is coming because it's netflix so yeah looking forward to it i hope it's kind of enough of a thriller i guess for us to cover it um mm. it's, it's being described here as a psychological suspense thriller um, either way i'm you know it's just fun to see movies that i'm looking forward to you know definitely. we're not going to be reviewing black widow on the show but i no. cannot wait to get into the cinema to see it 100 percent. um and yeah next up um this this one we, we got some casting news um for an upcoming tv series um about chucky um mm. so obviously we i know that show yeah like this has been obviously i really i really felt like this one was just dead in the water yeah, I mean, I don't think this is still 100%. But <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've, we've been talking about this since probably end of 2018 now. And obviously it got delayed prior to the pandemic, pretty much due to the Child's Play remake. Seemed to have kind of killed the buzz for this series for a year. Then last year, early in 2020, I believe they were then starting to kick into pre-production, then got delayed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, to my knowledge, they still haven't started kind of principal photography on the show. Um, and I really expected it to be a 20- 2021 show and maybe it still is but it feels very far away um but yeah collider brings us the casting news um and i guess the, the kind of two names jump out to me obviously we knew that brad uh, dwarf is, is is voicing chucky which is the most important piece of casting in any child's play movie um mm-hmm. and obviously jennifer tilly um she had spoke about it she'd said that she was open to it that she obviously loves playing the character and all of this stuff but it wasn't officially confirmed until this point um so she is part of the cast which is fantastic um rather interestingly is is a notable uh, omission which is fiona mm. Dorf, um mm. is not on this casting list um which i find to be very intriguing especially given the ending of the current canon of chucky um yeah i don't see how you can do that without fiona um no so i don't think it's going to tie to that movie in the slightest which makes me less excited i, this. I don't know man i i, I kind of yeah i i do wonder whether it whether it's a very hard sell like to mm. continue that movie as a tv show and get tv's execs to put money behind that mm. um but then you know ash versus evil dead does exist but it's still mm. like that was still very much its own thing. Like this is a very distinct path that the last Charles play movie left us in. Um, and I kind of think that um, it's easier right now. It still feels to me like they're in the touting stage where they still yeah. haven't fully got a budget and fully got everything else. And so the two names they need, they've got like Fiona doesn't carry the clout that the other two do in terms of like marketing and PR and everything to, to the, to the wider audience. So I think kind of, you know, that's probably why that name hasn't been announced yet. But for me personally, like it's, yeah, a name that I desperately want because I think she's fantastic in them. Definitely. Um, the only other mention uh, or the only other cast member to mention here is uh, Devin Sauer is going to be in it. Um, obviously, we saw him recently in Hunter Hunter. He's kind of had this like mini resurgence, I guess, doing genre stuff. Um, obviously, we know him from Final Destination, but he's in the upcoming Black Friday based mm. horror movie with Bruce. Yeah, that's weird. He's kind of gone back to it yeah um obviously i mean he was barely in hunter hunter anyway and also i hated that film so i can't really judge that but um it says here that he's landed a major role um it he's the only cast member who they didn't give a kind of 
long description as to who he was playing, which is interesting. Um, but mm. it does say that apparently he's playing a set of twins, <laughs> which is like, okay. <laughs> um, so start your speculation on what that could mean. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it surprised me that he was the one character, the one actor mm. that they didn't give this kind of, cause there's a lot of names here that I, I unfortunately just don't recognize. So I'm not going to go through them all, but they said like, they're playing this person. It's the parent of this teen. There was a lot of younger actors announced for this, as you'd expect. It seems like there's going to be a lot of like teens involved in this uh, TV show. Um, and like their parents and stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a weird one that they keep mm. it under wraps. Yeah. Um, no. I'm excited to see him in the genre again though. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, lastly, this is just a very small one because like, it actually was a quieter news week this week. Um, but yeah, we love just talking about Stephen King adapt- adaptations sure. constantly in the news. So why not we just throw another one into the mix? Um, so uh, apparently he's got a book called The Talisman, um, which sure. is published in 1984. I I love how much of King I've seen and read and watched, yet there's still so much that I know literally nothing about. Yeah, um, like we have... <laughs> We have seen enough King in various formats to to run our podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks if we talked <laughs> about it, and yet we have probably seen like twenty percent of his catalog. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? <laughs> um, but what's weird is so so this book, The Talisman. Apparently, Steven Spielberg has owned the rights to the book in terms of making an adaptation and, uh, on it since the eighties. Um, obviously, nothing's ever happened. This has apparently never been adapted for TV or film. Um, but the Hollywood Reporter reports this week that Steve, Steven Spielberg has joined four with the stranger things creators um matt and ross duffer um to adapt the novel for the small screen um that's all it says right now so obviously tv we're looking at not film um obviously the duffer brothers involved they're incredible on stranger things i know but those those brothers need to make me more fucking stranger things (laughs) i don't i don't want them doing anything else yeah like i need like i I, I want Stranger Things news so much. Mm. Like I need it. I think I'm pretty um, confident we'll get that this this year for sure. Yeah, uh, I know. I just I just need it. I want to start seeing stuff. Like <laughs> I, I, I want to start a rewatch. Like mm. you know, I just I just want Stranger Things. Yeah, I completely agree. But yeah, I just threw this one in here because obviously we're huge fans of their work from Stranger Things, and it, it's cool. They're clearly like a lot of filmmakers that we're seeing today, massively inspired by Stephen King. So it's cool that they're kind of getting their hands on a book. I wonder if it is one of these cases like we talked about a few weeks ago, where Edgar Wright clearly had a passion for The Running Man. Um, I'm wondering if mm. this is a similar sort of thing, where it's mm. like they really love The Talisman, and that is their one King story, or whether mm. it is just a case of hey here's a king story do you want that and they're like yeah all right it's not it's not dr sleep i guess but it'll do do you know what i mean um so we should we shall see on that one but it's mm-hmm. cool. it's interesting it's tv because yeah it's it screams netflix obviously with them being involved yeah. but who, who knows um and king like yeah um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about lucky So yeah, like we said sort of early on, really, this was one that really didn't know too much about going in. Um, it was a case of we have a few movies floating around. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we always check in what's on the, either on demand, on Netflix, or, mo- or mostly Shudder, because they do a really good job of kind of announcing ahead of time. Like we already know their entire April slate. So I think it's really good that they get out there and announce these things. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And- they, they do it. They do it well. All ends up, you know, they, they get it 
PR gets it to us very well, but also mm. their social media does a very good job of putting it out publicly as well. So they just do a really good job of advertising themselves. You know, Netflix are always kind of shadow dropping and, and, you know, like we've just got a date for something that they're putting out. And it's kind of like, you know, why did we not have these stuff a bit, a bit sooner? Mm. Yeah, it's a good you know, point. So I, I always love that about Shudder because it's easy mm. to plan for. And it's also nice to just look forward and be like, okay, what's coming to the service over the next month or two? Um, but yeah, out of the ones that come out, this one stood out to me because of just a very simple premise, really. That was basically it. Like the one line premise was, I know we're kind of getting into plot, which I'll let you take over, but it was, it mm-hmm. was basically a killer comes to try and attack this woman every single night. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like a time loop type thing where yeah. he's just constantly every single night, the same killer is just trying to kill her every single night. And that's it. That's all I knew about this movie. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that sounds enough, like a fun premise for a slasher. I knew it was a slasher as well. Um, yeah. So, and obviously very similar ish to kind of like a happy death day type thing so i wondered if that would be the vibe it, it kind of took um yeah it's kind of it does or doesn't having now seen the film yeah the synopsis very much does kind of and, and the way that they seem to kind of try to market it is trying to say that like oh it's kind of happy death day ish mm. like with its kind of um premise but but yeah kind of um yeah as you've described there kind of we meet we meet our kind of lead character uh may i think mm-hmm. Um, who's who's played by uh, Bree Grant, who also wrote this movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that, but like, um, I thought that was pretty interesting having like our lead actress being the writer of the movie. Like, uh, I don't know how often we've seen that. Well, it's re- it's really interesting in terms of her because yeah, f- f- I completely agree with that point. And I, yeah, I don't know how else we've seen that, but we obviously saw her just in an acting uh, vicinity really recently in the star in the stylist. Mm. Um, she was also in After Midnight, which we've covered, and she was in Twelve Hour Shift as well, wasn't she? Well, she she directed Twelve Hour Shift, um, uh, so that's incredible. I saw, because, I saw that in her credits. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah because I don't I don't know if she wrote it. She no. obviously wasn't in it. Um, but yeah, she directed that, which was a fantastic movie that we saw. Oh, last great. So, so she's clearly one of these people that has got a finger on the pulse of indie horror is doing a lot of projects and is clearly ridiculously talented if you're involved in acting writing and directing yeah i know it's mad it's also yeah like i said i was very like i was like we've just seen you in a movie like, <laughs> yeah. very recently it was very bizarre that we watched it was, the yeah. and then they're so close to each other <laughs> yeah i was like um, how did the wedding go what happened after that <laughs> yeah, exactly i feel like this is just a continuation this is now our marriage <laughs> yeah. basically um but yeah, she she's kind of like uh, she she's this writer who's on like the tail end of a book tour. I guess like her book is like a, a motivational book for women, like mm. empowerment, isn't it? And, and yeah. she's at the end of this book tour, and she kind of like the opening the opening kind of montage is like a day of her doing that, her speaking to her kind of manager agent guy, and and then um, coming home. She has a she has kind of a bit of a weird relationship with her husband, um, and then kind of then we get into the evening and we kind of get this very kind of kind of strange first scene of her being stalked, where we kind of get this guy in a very cool mask outside, kind of like one of these um, clear masks, but ski mask type thing, but you still can't see the person underneath, um, and she kind of rushes into her husband who um kind of just very chill is like oh he's early tonight <laughs> and it's like like what and he's like yeah you know he attacks us every night and she's like what this is, what what are you talking about and then like she's kind of experiencing this for the first time and like very terrified and, and everything else and he is kind of 
making like you know he has experienced this multiple times and just every night this killer comes along and he just nonchalantly like hits him on the head and was like well we've done it let's go back to sleep Hmm. and like and that's kind of like the the world we're thrown into which i don't know i don't know about you but like for me knowing nothing about this movie i didn't even know the premise but even knowing the premise like i was just so confused yeah as to like why she's clearly experienced this multiple times but why is she not kind of triggering and why is he so nonchalant about it because even if even if you're being like hunted every night and it becomes the norm like surely you'd still not want to die yeah and like and like i was just and i was like what are the rules like i guess that's me like the stickler for the rules being like right what are the rules of this world we've been thrown into i don't understand them yeah and, and it is funny because they do play around with it a bit where he's like they're trying to kill us and he's like well i think it's us it's mostly you but i'm just kind of here by proxy like i like that yeah <laughs> yeah and it's very it's very confusing and kind of yeah we, we end up kind of um joining her not it's not a loop but it but it kind of is where basically every night this this mask killer comes for her she uh fends him off and then kind of tries to tries to kind of figure out and live her life during the day and she starts to become more and more used to the the night activities i guess um yeah, it, is, it is worth specifying that yeah it's not the traditional time yeah loop. it's not it's not the same day she is continuously living her life it's just every night a, the same killer no matter what she does to him comes back and it's he he does do a very good job of like the whole michael myers type thing like he'll get hit he's lying on the floor in a pool of blood she looks away for a second and he's gone mm. and um you know that was quite clever and quite well done um but yeah and then kind of like we have this whole um whole host of different characters where we get this reoccurring police officer that's very unhelpful which i'm sure you'll have opinions on <laughs> um and kind of these other characters that kind of come along and kind of um just really underplay really that's what i felt because i i mean i'm kind of going into my thoughts on it but i spent most of this movie confused if i'm being honest um because i was i was kind of just confused as to why um you know know, the rules and kind of why people were treating her the way they they were and kind of why you know why this was happening to her and then when i kind of twigged what this movie was trying to do you know we'll we'll get to that um but when i was living when i wasn't just looking at what the movie was trying to do and i was actually trying to live in her world and and figure out what was actually happening to her that i guess that was my fault (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah we'll we'll get into that but but yeah you know the whole movie is this cycle of of her trying trying to figure out what's going on and you as an audience member probably being like me i guess kind of confused as to what this world is and why everyone around her isn't taking it as seriously yeah um but yeah i mean i guess i'll be interested in i'm interested in your thoughts on it and kind of when you know did you share my kind of confusion or or you know when did you kind of twig as to what this movie was doing and going for knowing a um, bit more about it going in i completely share your feeling of confusion mm. that was my main overwhelming feeling watching this entire movie and i think it was purposeful Mm. i think it was intentional um because obviously it's it's the classic case of they're trying to put you in her shoes um and she is very confused by what's going on and rightly so and us as the audience don't have any extra information you know we are just thrown in there we're like okay why is the husband being so blase about this why is no one really listening to her why does this seem almost fake and set up Mm. to the point because it's it's so like um 
early on with the slasher sequences in particular, yeah. it felt like a parody of a slasher movie because of how much they're leaning into those tropes, like you said, of she literally like sl- like cut like bangs him with a knife and he's yeah. really badly injured. There's a pool of blood. She turns around for half a second and yeah, then, and then the split second, the what the second he's not on screen, he has completely evaporated. And so I'm like, oh, okay, they're clearly using that trope for a reason. But in terms of like in the world, how does this remotely make sense? Um so I was very confused and it wasn't until about halfway through the movie mm. when I stopped asking um, yeah. how right. it was happening yeah, and what the world why. is. And that was when I kind of figured it out, like what you said of, okay, I realized that pretty much everything in this movie is supposed to be a metaphor and you really can't take it on face value at all. Um, It is purely like, oh no, this thing means this thing and this thing means this thing. And so at that point, it really just becomes a movie about the message um yeah. it doesn't like actually matter what's happening to our lead and that was like really frustrating to me because i liked the idea of this time loop or, or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um and i thought there was some interesting stuff the only stuff that i did find interesting with the character was the sense of um them not listening to her i think there was mm. a couple of things early on when it was just kind of like you know what's going on in your home life what's going on with your work life this and that and, and they just weren't listening to what the actual yeah issue- and even even like her what was it her husband's sister she yeah. kind of keep, keep saying the same thing she just keeps mm. going oh you are so brave you are so brave and like i know now why because of yeah. the metaphor and the meaning but actually i quite when she was on that loop i was like are we in some sort of scripted world? Like yeah, you say, it, you know, know yeah. the, the world was feeling like, I was like, is this some sort of like Truman show? Right, I was going to say, maybe I've watched too yeah. much WandaVision lately, yeah. but like, to me, it felt like she was in this fake because, world. Because it, it was feeling scripted and like the, the AWOL boyfriend and like all of this stuff where I was like, is she in a scripted world? And like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I really thought there was going to be a clever world, you know, and, 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 you know that that her story meant something whereas actually like like you say her story that the actual plot of this movie is kind of meaningless because it is just all a metaphor and a message yeah and like you know it's difficult because i don't you can't just downplay that uh, but but like we've spoken about it a lot where like for us as people that watch movies and go to you know we, we talk about movie every week we want a movie and like, I love a movie with a message in that makes me think. And, you know, um, we've had, I, I think as well, like the movies that make us do that when we enjoy the movie on our review of the podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about the message and going into the message mm. when the movie is just a message and not a movie. I just find myself not wanting to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Like I just kind of, you know, the movie isn't even worth like say any sort yeah, of criticism <laughs> because, because yeah first and foremost i want to talk a movie but i just i just think like the people that make a movie and then put the message in actually organically get us on the podcast talking about the message quite a bit yeah but 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 yeah as opposed to this and and yeah like yeah ultimately yeah i'm with you that i i have frustration because i like the plot i like the setup i like um some of the things that are going on and when i was confused i was like oh i wonder when am I going to get a payoff? And yeah, by the time I got to like the 45 minute mark, I kind of knew that like, no, this isn't going to be a payoff. I can see what what's happening and I understand the message already. And then we get another five, 45 minutes of the same message. The message never really evolves either. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, this really reminded me of of the issues that like season one of the Twilight Zone had most of the episodes where it was just like, okay, what's the message of this episode? And then let's try and retroactively make that into an entertaining episode of TV. And nine times out of 10, that didn't work for season Mm. one. And that's what happened here for me of like, it's, it was an interesting premise. But like I say, as soon as you figure out that it's all for nothing, like the killer is a great example of this, Mm -hmm. where early on, there was some interesting kind of fights. And then once you get it the third or fourth time, you kind of realize like this guy is terrible at trying to kill her. He, Mm. you know, it's not like he, it doesn't even look like he's trying at certain points where I'm like, this again leans into the factor of it starting to feel like this fake world. And you start to try and think about, well, what's going on? Are people, is this the husband trying to teach her some sort of weird lesson? And as soon as you start going into that, it just completely fell apart for me. Um, And ultimately once you get into the final act, it really fell apart. Um, I thought the last 10 minutes when it really started to push its message down your throat way too far. Yeah. Because actually, like early on, the message stuff does work. Um, and had they then said, right, that's the message. We've got that up front. Now we're just going to make a satisfying conclusion to this slasher narrative. But it went the complete opposite way. And it was like, this is going to make almost no sense mm. in terms of what's actually happening. And we just really want to, if, if you didn't get it in the first 40 minutes, you're damn sure going to get it in the second 40 minutes. And that was where it kind of lost me to, to by the end. Once you get to that final confrontation, I found it quite laughable the way it ended. Um, yeah. And so overall, um, I was really frustrated with this. I, ha- I thought it had a lot going for it. Like I say, I thought it was well acted. Um, it looked pretty nice for an indie movie as well. Mm-hmm. I thought some of the slasher, slasher scenes worked pretty damn well. Um, other ones definitely didn't. That was very inconsistent. Like it's hard for me to have an opinion on that because some of them I really liked and some of them I really didn't like. Um, but I guess that's probably what happens when you have so many of like the same type of sequence because we only have May. Um, and mm-hmm. that is weird for a slasher film to be like, well, we have one protagonist fighting against the killer for the entire movie. Um, I don't think I've ever really seen that dynamic before, um, especially in terms of like you're seeing physical fights take place at least half a dozen times on screen. And by the end of it, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, someone just killed someone already. And that's kind of where I was at. And so, mm. yeah, it, this one really did frustrate me. I think there's some, there's some interesting stuff in here. Um, mm. but overall, it just didn't land for me. Yeah, I think I think for me, like a lot of the slasher stuff wasn't didn't didn't really land for me at all. I think from the opening montage, because mm. I think the opening the, the first one wasn't great. And I think throughout really, like you said, the killer's pretty much incompetent. Like he can't like it, it's almost like he's not trying to kill her. Mm. He, like and again, like for people that have seen this movie that, that potentially like this movie or anything else, you're probably saying, why are you going into that? But I'm like, that's because at 10 minutes in, you don't know the full picture of the movie. And I'm looking at this as a slasher movie where it's this guy that's coming. But it is a slasher as well. Like that is yeah. a majority yeah, but, of what we see like on screen. Say, by the end of the movie, it's all an irrelevance. Mm. Um, but, but, actually, but let's just ignore that for now. And like when you're, when you're in that first hour of the movie, I'm like these multiple slasher scenes, most of them for me were ineffective. There are a couple that, you know, did get violent or whatever, but I, I never found there to be like a, a tense chase. There was no ten- tension in the movie for me. Like, I think I never felt like she was at harm at all. And because because the killer is only going after her, there is no one else at risk as well. So I never felt like any tension with the killer that he was actually going to do anything. Mm. And then very early on, it was clear that she can't kill him either. 
So um, most of the most of the, the the slasher killer scenes just just were ineffective for me, and then it was just kind of like this confusion turning into realization that is this movie is just a giant metaphor. And I think, you know, like, um, I think we've just seen it too many times now, Mm. you know, where it is the same message. And, and this is, this is probably one of the most overtly kind of in your face versions of it really, where it is just, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess like for, before we go into final kind of before I go into any sort of spoiler territory, final thoughts on it is that, um, yeah, it it was a miss for me. I didn't, you know, I didn't enjoy the horror element, the slasher element. And at the end of the day, this is what we come for. And then, yeah, the fact that this movie was just pure message and no movie just is, is not something that I want. And it's becoming a trend in these horror movies that I really don't like. Give me a movie that has a message. Don't just give me a message with, scenes of movies in it Mm. um yeah there was a scene um which really confused me and i don't know if you spotted this either but it was after one of the uh sequences when she attacks him she gets a lot of blood on her face and um she goes to the bathroom to clean up and yeah. first of all, I fully expected to just just take a shower, like because I don't yeah, know why yeah. she was wiping herself oh, with a rag when well, she was covered in blood. She's covered in blood. Her clothes are covered in blood, yeah. and she like she like cleans herself, looks in the mirror, and is like, "Yeah, I got it." I'm like, "You yeah. haven't. You, you're, you're covered in blood still. Your clothes are covered in blood." Yeah, but that so that aside, but there was something really weird in this scene again, and this was me when I was watching the movie, being like, "Have I just spotted something which means something?" But I think all I've noticed is an error in the film. Right. Which, there's multiple mirrors around her at the time and there's a there's a small circular mirror in the center of the screen which is one of those ones you can kind of move about on an arm i guess people would use it for makeup as like a close-up did you see that like behind her that mirror the circle one Um, i can't say i recall from this movie but i i know the sort of mirror you are describing it's worth re-watching because you can see multiple (laughs) reflections but this mirror is not mirroring her it's like a recording of her because it shows her wiping her face with a rag when she's not wiping her face with a rag amazing actually yeah yeah it's really weird like i think they've dubbed it over like i don't know if there was maybe an error in the mirror or something but like so that that threw me as i was like (laughs) like, what's going on here i can't trust her is she a vampire of inception thing yeah I was just like, something is going on here in a weird sci-fi where it's like, okay. And this, and again, this led into the fact of, I thought it was all fake. Cause I was like, is she just putting on this show of like rubbing a, you know, cleaning her face in front of the camera, uh, in front of the mirror. And so, but it must've just been a fact that there was some weird error. So they like looped the, it twice because it, it clicks into sync about halfway through that scene. And then it brilliant. is mirroring her properly. Yeah. That's, it was super brilliant. weird. I'm really glad I noticed it. And I'm, I'm really, I want, if people do check this movie out, keep an eye out for That's that the one. the only scene. thing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I get that weird stuff does happen in indie movies. That's fine. But like, because it was in the center that, of the awesome. screen and that yeah. was the one thing I was looking at. Um, it was really odd. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really need to talk spoilers. I don't know. If no, you no, I don't either because it's just going into the conversation of you know what this message is and and I don't even know if that's why, a spoiler, but yeah, which, I, I see your point. Yeah, like it's just kind of getting onto the the point of this movie, which I just kind of you know, I just think is a is a like we've seen it so many times, and by the end of this movie, it's just it just gets so heavy handed. I think, and mm. like it's hard. It's really hard because like I understand it's important but it also kind of because it's so heavy-handed and just kind of like i say there is no movie behind it to back it up it's just mm. 
you know, I feel like it kind of doesn't do what it needs to do. And actually, if it's put into a movie that, that is a really good movie that make you know, I think Invisible Man. I was going to say, yeah, a very doesn't... similar message, but in a fantastic yeah, movie. <laughs> exactly. And I remember us like talking for ages about that and how Elizabeth Moss and the way she shows that abuse and the way that you feel that and kind of mm. hate him for it, even though the movie doesn't ever show you the abuse. Mm. You know, you can tell that I'm already talking way more passionately because that movie just does it so well. Whereas this is just there's nothing that I can latch onto from what i've seen on screen all i can latch onto is that like women have these horrible things happen to them and this movie is portraying it in a metaphor and that's yeah. basically all this does because what's happening on screen is just all metaphor for what happens in real life there is no tangible action on screen really yeah. and i think i think that's my biggest frustration yeah and like you say it's difficult when something like this tackles these lofty subjects because you want it to be good first and foremost because you're tackling something really important and i think this brings me to when we watched antebellum last year and it's like when you're tackling racism in 2020 at the time mm. like that is a big lofty subject which is super mm -hmm. relevant to talk about right now but if you do it in such a piss poor way you're like belittling it completely and so you need to make a great movie with that message like something like get out which is just on a whole other level in terms of its storytelling and its messaging mm. and then yeah this is a great example to me of like yes that it is important to talk about especially yeah. in horror as well that the position of, of, of women and violence in in that capacity yeah. but plenty of movies have done it the invisible man has done it i could name probably half a dozen movies that have mm -hmm. done this same message but way way better in this movie um so if you just want to see something for that message like it's in there and it's it's again i don't want to say it's done well but it's like it is ultimately what this entire movie's about, and I've not really seen it that way, where, like you say, the whole thing is such a metaphor yeah. that it just becomes ridiculous. It, I think the only thing is, is that the one thing that did work on me is, like, that confusion and then kind of frustration of... Yeah, with no one listening to, around her. Sorry? Like, the frustration of the people around her not listening yeah. to her. but then, no, but, like, my own frustration as well, watching it, and then, like, and then kind of being annoyed by, by the fact that that was what this was. It's kind of like oh, that's probably what it is like for women to go through this. And it kind of mm. made me did see it through that lens a little bit. And so it did, yeah. you know, it did do its job there as well. Mm. But it's just, like I say, I want to talk about a movie first and foremost, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not saying this movie is a complete failure mm. far from it. But yeah. in terms of recommendations, um, yeah. I don't recommend it because I don't think it's a well-made movie. I don't think it's entertaining. I don't think it has enough, you know, good enough characters, storytelling, horror sequences. That's where it falls apart. And then I'm like, oh, okay, you tried to get that message in there. And on mm. this message in a good film would have been good. Um, but this wasn't a good film. So for that reason, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, same. I think so. Like it's, it's a, it's a shame because I think, um, you know, on on paper it could be cool, and obviously, um, you know, uh, for what um, what Brie Grant has has been doing recently, like we say, kind of writing, directing, acting, she is, you know, pretty stellar. She was great in the stylist. She's good in this acting wise. Mm. Um, you know, she directed a movie that we absolutely loved, and mm. kind of. You know, so she is she is kind of smashing it, but but yeah, for me this one wasn't wasn't for me. No, for sure. Um but yeah, that was our discussion of Lucky. We will take a short break and we will be right back.
So yeah, we do have a voicemail this week to listen to. We do indeed. How how can people leave us a voicemail? Uh, you you tell them while I get the voicemail ready. How about that? I I, I don't know. <laughs> Something to do with Skype. Uh, okay. So on yeah, we're on Skype. I can do two things at once. Um, yeah, we're on Skype. We are uh, Super Horror Bros um, on Skype. Or if you search for our full email, Super Horror Bros Podcast at Gmail dot com, uh, you'll get us. But I think you can just get us by searching Super Horror Bros. And um, yeah, give us a voice call, and it will go to voicemail straight away. And you can uh, leave us. Up to a two-minute voicemail. I will say it's up to two minutes, as um, most people find out, and then have to leave <laughs> the second one. So just a heads up on that. Yeah, I think it every, just, everyone just stops at two minutes. <laughs> yeah, because I think everyone so far has had that same thing where, uh, where um, yeah, the two-minute timer comes and there's no warning. It just it just hangs up. Yeah, that but, is hard. Um, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like to be like, right, I've got ten seconds to finish my point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know what would be worse. Like, what happens with this where it cuts you off instantly, or having like some pips and you're like, uh, and you just end up talking like a million miles an hour. Mm. Um, but either way, um, we yeah, we have a voicemail from the one and only Sean. Uh, the, the what uh, we're we're labeling him the the DVD king or the Blu-ray king, right? The king of the king of Blu-ray. The king of Blu-rays, yeah. Sean, the king of Blu-ray, um, with a voicemail. Hey, Matt and Mike. Uh, this is Sean Smith calling from just outside of Costa Mesa, California. Uh, as you know, I just got uh, my Blu-ray of Saint Maud, and I just wanted to uh, call in and share my my thoughts on it. Um, I think it's a, a great debut from director Rose Glass. This is a, a film that they're greatly anticipating uh, from A24 for the past year. I think it's an excellent slow burn psychological horror movie. Um, it's got this nice religious backdrop. Um, I don't think the director is a believer based on how the film goes and the, question, the questions that she's asking, but she definitely asks some interesting questions um, that someone like her would, would definitely delve into. Uh, I believe that it is definitely respectful towards the Catholic ideals that, that she's showing throughout the movie. Um, lots of interesting choices here. Uh, we don't really get to see the impetus of what causes this kind of dramatic change in, in Maude's life and for her to choose kind of faith as, as uh, her, her moving forward. Uh, we never see her like in a church service. Uh, we never see her having conversations with other believers. But we know that this is a relatively recent conversion based on what, we, what, we're, what we're shown. Um, and I think these are all intentional choices, um, as I don't think the story would really work otherwise if we do see those things, um, because the story is, is really the focus is on, on her isolation. And you can't really delve into this kind of psychological horror without that, that heavy isolation. Um, I mean, we do get a glimpse of, of her life uh, before this change, but, uh, but it really comes off like, like a, the, you know, the life of a typical secular person. Um, so it's nothing really surprising. Um, and then we see, you know, are the things that are actually happening to Maude as the story unfolds, is it all real or is it in, is it in her head? And the conclusion seems to give us that answer. Uh, and now part two. Just got to get it ready. Here we go. Sean, part two. Uh, sorry there, Matt. Just uh, one more here. I got cut off. I was just saying that you get a couple of really effective uh, horror scenes, which I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the performance of this movie. And, you know, the isolated character study that, that kind of leads into the full bent psychological horror, I found uh, both very compelling and entertaining. Uh, for me, this is an 8 out of 10 and a buy. Um, I've kind of been going through everyone's top 10 list of the year. 
Um, and this one definitely for sure makes my list. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to share my thoughts. Uh, appreciate all the great work that you guys are doing uh, throughout the pandemic and all the, the, the wonderful coverage. Um, you know, no one covers theatrical horror like Super Horror Brothers, and I'm hoping that we can get back to that uh, very soon this year. Anyway, thank you very, very much, guys. Uh, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There we go. I was just going to say, first of all, uh, yeah, thanks for your kind words at the end there, Sean. And, and hopefully the discussion at the start of this podcast will have you excited that, yeah, Super Horror Bros will hopefully be returning to cinemas in May. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I, just... I want to start like a teaser for it, you know, like a, a, a little <laughs> little promotional artwork. Super mm. Horror Bros will return. We'll speak to an, our artwork guy, see what we can do. Maybe a little post credit sequence just to yeah. it up. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words there. And yeah, we, we like you, we cannot wait more than anyone to get back <laughs> in the, into the cinemas. Um, but yeah, you mentioned some really interesting points about St. Maud. Like, first and foremost, um, I'm really happy that this is a movie that we've got to talk about multiple times because yeah, we've discussed it time and time again with this show, how it's obviously it's very much this flavor of the week. And, you know, with TV, we get to delve in a bit more week on week. Um, but with films it's you talk about it one week you're on to the next and mm. a movie like saint Maud deserves to be talked about time and time again um it's so so good and i think yeah it's hopefully whether or not you listen to that initial review which is still kind of our most coverage of it or you've just randomly heard it this year in our multiple conversations i hope that sparks people to just be like what is this movie that they keep banging on about um, yeah because it's really that good. Um, I think we've had it. We had it with like Life Changer, and obviously mm. we're doing it now with Saint Maud, where like the these super indie movies that are very special just deserve that limelight and deserve to be spoken about that much. And I think you know it is so thought provoking because I, I really enjoyed listening to Sean's thoughts on it and kind of um, you know some of the things he touched upon were things that like I hadn't. I hadn't, you know, or we hadn't unpacked on the show and, and fully discussed at times because there's so much to unpack. And I think, like, the fact that Maud's, like, the, the, the traumatic event that kind of spurred her her um, change in career and finding, like, religion, like, they don't explore it in the movie. And it is one that, like, I would quite like to have seen that. I mm. think with, with what Sean says about her doing any other kind of religious meetings or, or talking to other people would have deterred from her isolation. And I completely like agree with him and agree with the movie for not doing that. But yeah, I would have, I would have liked to have seen more of that. You know, we get it in the opening scene of the movie and then we get it a little bit in a flashback, but like, mm. I would have quite liked to have seen what went down. Um, I think for me, ultimately, the answer of what went down is probably the answer of why the movie ended the way it did. And so therefore, if they'd have shown what went down, we would have probably known where Maud's mind was at and then where she was going to end up at the end of the movie. Hmm. Um, so that's probably why we don't see it. But yeah, I would have liked that. I always liked how the one character who reaches out to Maud throughout mm. the entire movie and tries to help her is the constant reminder of her past. And, yeah. you know, the first time we're introduced to her is when Maud has to leave the house. She's just wandering around and she's like, Katie, and she calls her by her <laughs> real name. Yeah. And that moment is so awesome when you realize that even something basic as her name isn't even true at this point or, or true to her past. Mm. Um, and so that was why I love that. But yeah, bring, bringing up the, the flashback was fascinating because you, from the commentary, 
documentary I learned is like one of the best scenes of the entire movie is that flashback scene. And the way that all transpired was again, just on the fly in terms of when they were already in production, because initially that flashback was going to happen way earlier in the movie. It was going to happen early on when she just met Amanda and that kind of first night they were going to get a flashback to it, but it never really made sense. And then when they figured out the kind of missing link of like doing it during the sex scene. And I can't imagine that scene different because it's so good. And it, it, to me, that felt like one of those scenes. It was like, it felt like one of the scenes that they probably first wrote, you know, as, as far mm. as with the ending as well. It's like how that scene perfectly yeah. ties together to her past in this horrific if, if way. If you said it to me, like, what are the staple scenes mm. that were written? That would have been one of them. Definitely. Where that would have been firmly in there early on because it really is this really pivotal scene because she's having this, like, you know, uh, epiphany almost and kind of like this revisiting and, and like in this horrible situation that she's put herself in in real life and, and in a, in a, and in a past. And yeah, it just works so well. I, I, that's why I just loved hearing more and more about the production and how it kind of, when she first conceived the idea, it was so different to the movie, how it was supposed to be someone hears the voice of God constantly in their head and falls in love with them. And that was what the premise of the movie was. And obviously that's very different to what we initially got. Um, so I love that, that, that ability as a, as a creator, as someone who's, who's come up with this amazing story that she was able to adapt it in such a way that it became this incredible film that is probably so different than the initial idea she had, but it just kind of grew and grew and grew and i think that's such a good sign of like an amazing storyteller when they can do that um but yeah what a, what a movie man i could talk about it all day and i, I just i just no, hope I she uh, continues continues in the genre um but yeah thank you very much for that one sean like, i would love for people to get involved especially with voicemails going forward Definitely. in terms of you know when we do get to the big marquee releases i think that would be when it's easier that not everyone's watching these indie movies every week like we are but obviously when Candyman comes out when halloween kills comes out when all these big movies come out people are obviously going to go see them and it'd be great to hear people's like initial reactions right I after think- they've seen the movie I think so. And also, you know, like you say, we are a very much a podcast that talks about it. And then we talk about the next movie next week. And even mm. if it's a movie we love and the next week it's a movie we don't love, we're always moving forwards. And it's, you know, the voicemail or, or you know, a, a longer form, you know, Twitter message or, or email or something like that to hear your mini reviews of it. I think, you know, they start to build that community and get those responses because then we can continue the conversation a couple of weeks on because, Quite often, you know, movies like, you know, we don't, we only get it at year end mm. when we sit down and we think, yeah. you know, um, you know, St. Maud, it was in our head all year, you know, and, and all of these other things, but we don't, you know, we don't get to unpack it, uh, you know, that often. And yeah, you know, that would be a nice way for us to be able to do it and, and to hear what the fans think of these movies, which is always, which is always awesome as well. Like I, I was eagerly waiting for, for Sean's kind of thoughts on it, knowing that he had that Blu-ray arrive. So yeah, you know, and I was, I was glad to hear them i want everyone listening to send us a voicemail telling us how amazing psycho gorman is yeah i was gonna say when the, blue, when, <laughs> when the blu-ray drops i want psycho gorman uh voicemails off everyone please yeah voicemails text essays send us everything i just want all the love about that incredible movie um yeah. but yeah I, I guess moving on to what else we've been watching this week um i did mm-hmm. watch one movie actually that i want to talk about before so we maybe I. end on someone oh nice um yeah I, I wonder if it's the same one i highly doubt it i highly doubt it too <laughs> <laughs> mine is from 1997 um hell of a year uh yeah, for horror yeah. and i i don't even know where this came from to be honest it was one that i just wanted to watch which was wishmaster Wish um, 
<laughs> so I do you know what I think this stems from, and it's so random. Watching what the Wonder Woman sequel and loving, I, I've always loved the idea of kind of the the you know the person the who wish. grants the wishes yeah. and things go messed up. And obviously, okay. you see it in yeah, Tales yeah. from the Crypt and all these different things. I've always loved that, and so I was yeah. kind of just wanted to see more of that. And I mean, how can you get more than that than Wishmaster? <laughs> so I threw it on. Um, I've never seen it before, and I really enjoyed it. it it's fascinating because the first thing you see on the screen when the movie starts is wes craven presents and i was yeah. like oh damn okay so yeah he was a producer on this one um the the cast includes kane hodder tony todd <laughs> yeah. robert england um who i'm pretty sure all three of them get killed by wishmaster so he's, he has a yeah, hell of a do. kill list oh they um, do he, he kills them all um yeah. because that was like one of the big things like, all right <laughs> people have said about that movie that like yeah because i think that was like you know when there was always the conversation who who would win They're like uh, wishmaster we've already seen it he wrecks everyone yeah um ted Raimi dies in the opening scene mm -hmm. as well um yeah i loved it and the so the kind of the it's main great. the main kind of gin the wishmaster the performance of andrew divoff was so good and mm. it's funny because yeah definitely psycho gorman vibes you know like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. psycho was based upon this with it with his voice is so deep and impactful and like so self-serious and mm -hmm. it works for that character so so well um yeah. and yeah i just and the, the effects are brilliant as well because i'm pretty sure this yeah greg nicotero was involved in the effects on this one as well was he okay. yeah nice. um i'm pretty sure that's right um i can't find it now but uh yeah, yeah. so me. so yeah just it had like kind of that that very much horror community feel you know with all those great actors that you love wes craven producing um and i don't know what this if this is based upon anything i think it's just an original ip but um yeah i'm not sure but it's really cool i i know that the um andrew it has all, it has all like <clears throat> the final uh the final scene in like a is it like an art gallery like yeah. party yeah, yeah, it's Robert England's like house yeah. basically because oh, he's man. one who's buying like the statue yeah. at the start that it gets broken yeah. and then the stone comes out. Um, oh, but man. yeah, there's yeah, there's four yeah there's four of these movies. Oh, I know, um, mate. I've got more on DVD. You just <laughs> oh, say nice. the word. You just say the word. Well, I do want to watch the second one because Andrew returns uh, as the Wishmaster, but he's only in two. So like, uh, so what is he's, three yeah. and four? Is it just someone else? <laughs> someone else playing the voice? Because because if you'd have asked me. I would. I, I thought he would have probably been in them all, but like, I mean, I've literally watched these movies well, probably <laughs> not long after they came out. To be honest, yeah. Like thinking of it was it, late nineties, early two thousands when they came out. Yeah, I mean, I probably picked up the Blu-rays, like a uh, Blu-rays, DVDs, early two thousands, and, and mm. watched them all then, including the first one. And remember, it, it's the classic me kind of scenario where I remember digging the first one. Yeah, so you buy all the dog shit after it. <laughs> correct, and therefore, and because I watch them all in such quick succession, yeah, they just I blur. kind of just have a fond memory of it all. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, yeah, they're all they're all good, but I'm you know, I'm it's probably that the first one's good, and then I watched three back to back after that that, that kind of sucked, but I was just on a wishmaster high. Yeah, but yeah, I remember going down that rabbit hole. I'd like to do that again. <laughs> it's really cool. I really, really had a lot yeah, of fun. With it's it, a great, yeah. it's a great movie for sure um, what have you watched well well i watched i watched a little movie and uh by little movie i mean it cost twenty seven thousand dollars to make um <laughs> i believe I, watched, I know what this is i watched the one and only one cut of the dead <laughs> that's a random uh, one to just randomly throw on <laughs> yeah well we, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago I yeah think. i can't remember in what context and it's been in my mind ever since so i just threw it on again and it's my first rewatch of it mm. um and yeah i think it's in the making of Oh well, by by rewatch, there's only one way to watch this movie, and that <laughs> is like the whole journey. You watch the movie, you watch the making of, you watch the director cam, 
Mm. And that's exactly what I did. Um, <laughs> and it's fantastic. And it's, but it's funny, I almost went down the same rabbit hole. We're about 20 minutes in. I was like, I'm not massively into this again. I was like, it's, it's, it's so weird. And I, hadn't, I didn't remember all of the stuff. Mm. And I was like watching it thinking, oh man, why did I love this so much? And then like, <laughs> as it started to go on, I, I then loved it again. And I like, mm. I can't believe I had the same journey twice with it. It was That's great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I had such a good time. It is such a truly special movie. It's not, I mean, technically it's not even a horror movie, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just so good and so well done. And, you know, it, it, it is the best onion movie ever because the more you peel it, the more layers you realize it has. Mm. And it's just like, you get, you know, you've got this movie within a movie, within a movie, within a movie with a director cam on top. And it's just crazy, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and seeing the full story of the making of and the way that they kind of painted over the cracks. It's just, it's just truly special. And like, uh, the movie got a hell of a lot of buzz and I still don't think it gets the buzz it deserves. Yeah. I'd love to see that mind map inside the director's head. Exactly. Of like how he came yeah. up with that, but I'd also be terrified. <laughs> exactly. Like, because I, I worry for his health coming up with something if, like that. If he tried to write it down, I think he would explode. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to but, use yeah. like some sort of 3d models. Cause yeah, you can't contain this, but yeah, I think, I think he would have to invent time, time travel in order <laughs> to be able to write down his thoughts on it. Yeah but yeah it's It's a great film it's so good it's so good um yeah i mean that's pretty much it for this week i guess we should talk about some wandavision um full spoiler alert this will be the last thing we talk about so thanks for listening if you're not into the old wandavision like we are Mm -hmm. um but it's over last time i know i'm sad man i'm sad that Mm. like this friday i mean we get the making of this friday which i'm still buzzing for um but it's not the same you know (laughs) but then next week we we get a new a new marvel show we do indeed which yeah we'll get to that um yeah i mean hell of a finale like i really really had a great time with it i think you know judging it as an overall ending to this show it's difficult right with anything mcu now because Mm. it's it's a fool's errand to judge it as an individual entity because Mm -hmm. we're certainly not as fans you know you're judging it as an entry into into the mcu so Mm -hmm. it's difficult but trying to just engage it as just a tv show um I absolutely love the finale from Wanda's point of view. I thought it was perfect. I think mm-hmm. it nailed everything they needed to hit every emotional beat. My God, was it emotional towards the end? Oh, um, I was so emotional. Yeah. The, the level of acting that has been portrayed by both Mary and Paul is just incredible and they deserve all the awards, which I know they won't get. Um, and yeah, it was just perfect. And this character it's a joke now- if they don't get all the awards, it's a joke. <laughs> like her, her acting talent in particular mm-hmm. yeah. is just like, you know, I've, you know, because obviously she, she's been in the shadows of uh, certain siblings and she's kind of been in the shadows of certain major actors and actresses within the MCU. And like this was her moment to shine and shine she did. Like mm. she was just truly phenomenal. Everything that she had to do, she did 10 out of 10 in this entire season and was just was just truly remarkable. Like it, it just blew my mind. Yeah, it was some of the best character work we've ever seen within mm. the MCU. But um, so yeah, from her point of view, I just absolutely loved it. I think if you look at if you start to look at other characters and how they're kind of the way it ended for them, there is a level of um, very open ended with a lot of it. Obviously, we're talking full spoilers. So like, Vision is extremely open ended, and we yeah. really don't know what's happening with that character. White, um, White Vision's back, baby. <laughs> well, he I, flew off into God knows where. Um, I know. I I had to. I, I was talking to a friend about this, and I was like, "Did did did White Vision just just fuck off? 
Like, mm. did he ever come back? And we both like stopped for a minute and was like, yeah, he never came back. <laughs> like he just, he just decided to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And it's like a few characters. Like I can't, other than the post credit scene, I can't remember exactly what Monica's last scene was because it was a case yeah. of, she's just there and she, she didn't just, really she was just do anything. Up. She was yeah. just mopping up and like she said goodbye to Wanda and then she was just doing the mop up. Like it's, it's kind of strange, but like you say, this, I think what WandaVision has done more than anything else, well, I mean, it is pretty much the first thing, but obviously, like, we've had the the next phase roadmap and we've had the conversation about what things are going to be and what, what's going to happen. This is the first time, this is the first step of seeing that realisation and, like, I already feel like there is a massive world that I am invested in being built. Mm. Like, um, well, this is the first time, isn't it? Where it really feels like the start of a new phase, like yeah. phase two and phase three were, aren't really that different. Do you know what I mean? It was all building. It was all part of the infinite no. saga. Yeah. basically. Yeah. This, this is, this is phase one again. And, you know, mm. it is basically, you know, and the thing that, the thing that's going to be crazy about this is like, I mean, do you, do you have thoughts on, on Wanda post this? Because, to me she she's clearly the villain in the next x-men movie well she's clearly um, the villain in in doctor strange we know we know that pretty much i mean we know yeah. she's in it and she's reading the dark hold and she's learning evil magic and she's clearly going to do anything to get her children back even if it means nefarious means i mean i mean she was basically the villain for of wandavision you know when you think about what she she held this entire well, yeah. time captive granted it wasn't exactly of her own de- design but that's a whole other conversation but yeah i loved all the wonder stuff it was just the the incendiary characters and then obviously the the kind of the elephant in the room evan peters like his conclusion to this character sucked for me um i thought they completely dropped the ball um again we're talking about this right here right now this can all change in the future they can change everything they can make it right but what we saw was basically a troll it was the first time i'd ever Mm. accuse mcu of trolling the fan base but they were like you think this is the fox universe you think it's multiverse blah 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 oh no his name's ralph boner he's an actor like they trolled us so hard with that and i was really pissed off with that <laughs> they they did i think for me it depends on what they do in the future but also Obviously, yeah but also if they don't and that's what this is and this is all that this is for the fox universe they got the guy that i wanted most as well <laughs> apart True. from Hugh jackman um <laughs> no yeah, they got they the got, guy i wanted yeah probably still but like they got the guy I wanted most. They gave me this crazy fun moment and, and they've written it away now in a way that it can just go away and not mess up anything too much. And I'm like, I'm, I'm reasonably okay with that. Um, I'm because, you know, we need to see how the X-Men are built into it. And to be mm. honest, I don't want all the other, you know, I don't need Jennifer Lawrence and all, and all of these other people in it as much, because as much as I love those actors and actresses that are in, the Fox movies, they are associated with so much baggage mm. that I would quite like, you know, fresh takes on everyone. And, and so we got this little, this little kind of bonus of the best one. And, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, I, I definitely get that point, but it's just, it was frustrating because I think there was that big, huge moment. They did it for that huge pop. It, you know, when he appeared in the doorway, no one saw that coming. Yeah. I think the episode that preceded it is my favorite episode of the series, the Halloween episode. I loved everything about it. I think it. the problem is then he disappears for two episodes. Well, exactly. And, yeah. and then, and then, and then they just throw in the conclusion of like, psych, he was, he's the Ralph that, that Agatha keeps mentioning. He was just an actor that was living next door to Wanda. You know, she, uh, Agatha needed that access. So she just, 
just kind of overtakes him and it's just it's not i don't know i didn't find that satisfying the way that went and mm. especially e- evan's you know been talking about it in interviews in the past week where he basically just he can't obviously say anything but he was just like yeah it was great i love those guys i love being a part of this i had a lot of fun and that's basically all he said um yeah so i just i don't think this is the end for it but if it is, I, I am frustrated from that point of view. Cause especially cause like Evan deserves better than just mm-hmm. one episode of a TV show to really show off his talent. Um, but it was still great. I still, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, especially with, um, Agatha as well. Mm. She was such an awesome villain, but oh, to she looks so good to, to leave the reveal until episode seven and then only have two episodes of her as a villain. And now she's kind of like, she got fully sunken placed by Wanda, which is cool because we're obviously going to see more of Agatha. Um, but it was a bit like, Oh man. Uh, yeah. And they spend so much time as like Haywood being this crappy, one of the worst villains in the history of the mcu and then he just like is completely and i get it he was supposed to fill that role until agatha was revealed as the full bad guy but like i didn't find his story arc remotely interesting so like overall there are little things that annoy me but they're nothing to do with wanda like wanda as a character is fucking phenomenal and i think right now especially if you consider that what pretty much is that steve rogers and tony stark stories are finished she to me is the most interesting character in the entire mcu and if you if you'd have told me that when i was watching infinity war like i never would have believed that i know it's <laughs> crazy. Know, so, so that is and that in itself is like a huge success from the show but yeah i loved it. It, it to me this is like as far as mcu stuff goes it's not like the top you know six movies or whatever but it's better than the rest which says oh, a lot because yeah. there's a lot of great movies but yeah, I cannot wait to see more of this. Like, it's weird as well because this was not supposed to kick off the the phases. You know, it all got mis- mixed up with COVID. It was supposed to be Black Widow. It was supposed mm. to be Falcon and a Winter Soldier. Then it was supposed to be Eternals, and this was supposed to be fourth. So, like, it's crazy that the like it jumped ahead of the two TV shows. Mm. Like, I don't understand that. Well, they had like, they had more of one division filmed prior to COVID was mm. the was the thing that went around, and obviously, well, I know, I but think, why would you do that? Like, yeah, I know it is weird, <laughs> but like, because with the finale, apparently the finale was filmed post, and that was why a lot of apparently a lot was changed. Where like we were supposed to have deleted scenes, there was supposed to be a whole thing where Monica and the children went after um the possessed senior scratch the rabbit, because uh, like that whole storyline wasn't really resolved, um as well as like the dark cold stuff so there was a lot of deleted stuff in the finale mm. and, and you notice with darcy as well apparently she couldn't fly to where they say, were yeah, she, she seemed to be a wall yeah so because she's literally in one scene where she says one mm. line and that was filmed like completely elsewhere that was then like you know retroactively added Brilliant. in so, like even yeah you can see the faults obviously where it's like okay the finale didn't perfectly land because of these issues but yeah the show overall i still absolutely adored um yeah 100%. and i think you know I think it works at this TV stuff. I mean, obviously not seeing, not having seen Black Widow, but like mm. Black Widow feels like a, a phase three add-on. It doesn't, you know, I, I can't see what they could put in there that, that really does bring it into the new phase because it's all, you know, we're following a character that we know is dead. Mm. Um, it is interesting. And, I agree with that. And I wonder if there is stuff in there because clearly I that feel like there has to be. Ha- yeah, I was going to say it was first for a reason because I, I yeah. saw a few people say with the Evan Peters thing, like with the free projects that are supposed to come before this, we w- might have known way more about in terms of how mutants are going to be in this world because mm. we know they're coming because Kevin Feige announced it at Comic Con like two years yeah. ago. So that's where the frustration with something like Evan comes from because the fans are waiting for something that you've said is going to happen. Mm. Um, whereas with the free projects that were supposed to precede Wanda, we yeah. could have had a better sense of what that was. So then when Evan popped up, it would have been way more of a wink and a nudge than it ended up 
like yeah because he is our first not like that true you know he is our first mutant that we know like obviously we get more more of them in this season but like we know what he is in the mc one in in the fox (laughs) x-men world i was gonna say Um, the character we know is not that in the slightest (laughs) no he's an actor who is being controlled by agatha that's it apparently Uh, (laughs) no no i realize that but when he first pops we know that he is a mutant and what he is like obviously what he actually is in the show is something different but yeah Mm. like that is our first taste of it and it is yeah it's a weird first taste when really they're they're probably building towards a completely new world of mutants but yeah which i hope i I still want (laughs) i'm just so pumped for everything like Mm. just just everything that disney is doing right now with with star wars and marvel is, is all good 100% 100% I, yeah I hope that because uh, they released another film on Disney Plus as well and they did that similar yeah. thing that they did with Mulan oh, where it's like yeah. it's 20 quid for early access and like don't get me wrong if you said to me right now could you watch Black Widow for 20 quid I'd already have handed them my credit card Correct. But, but like it's it is wild that they're trying to do that and I wonder if they would do that with Black Widow or not again mm-hmm. if they said to me you can see it May 7th on Disney Plus and cinemas are closed don't get me wrong I'll bloody do it Correct. but like yeah. it is it is a weird choice to be like man I really thought you guys kind of realized that wasn't the one <laughs> last year and maybe yeah. after you just raised the price as well in the uk that maybe well, that, that choice this as one. well is is very strange because i don't understand what because we are getting disney movies that are coming out uh with no price tag yeah exactly like corella uh, and all these different ones yeah these brand new disney movies we're then we're then getting this premium level and it kind of felt like Mulan was like a trial for the Black Widow and stuff. But this movie, mm. I can't think of the name of it now. Oh, the um, one that just came out, it's like Raya and the Last yeah, Dragon or something, something like that? Something like that. I mean, that, that I, I don't know whether it's any sort of IP before, but it, it seems like an original IP animated movie. Like, yeah. that should just be on the platform. Like, yeah. I saw it there and was like, oh, okay, like, I could throw that on, see what it's about. And I was like, 20 quid? Hell no. Like, it's no, I'm completely there with you. I couldn't believe that it because I, I I think I'm pretty sure it's a new IP. And yeah, by all accounts, apparently it's really good. Um, but like yeah. you said, the fact that it hasn't got that clout behind it is like, why would you not just put it on there and let people? Yeah, because at least it? like Mulan makes sense. Like it's a Disney, it's a classic Disney movie. Their their live action stuff has been really good and really well received. So like, um, why not? You know, obviously put that. You know, that premium model makes sense. You know, Black Widow would make sense. But yeah, this. This original IP really threw me for a curveball. Yeah, they've they've definitely got a few cracks to sort out. Like I say, I'm glad that they've got into TV when they did, and by all mm. accounts, you know, obviously with Mandalorian and with WandaVision, like they pretty much can't do anything better than what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost flawless. Um, and so that aspect is amazing. But yeah, especially the the film stuff, they have so many of these movies to get out. But like I say, this problem could take care of itself like if we get to a point where cinemas are open and the revenue is there yeah then we just get 45 days disney plus exactly and then it'll just be like usual you know go to the cinema see black widow smaller movie comes out it's on disney plus as well as the tv stuff so yeah it's it's that's the other thing i i hope that like black widow does come out quickly on disney plus because Mm -hmm. like that is not going to stop me going to the cinema like I will go see Black Widow opening weekend in the cinema, and then I really want it to be on Disney Plus because I'll want to watch it again. I hope, yeah, you know, yeah. and and I wa- I don't want there to be that big wait. Um, I, you know, one of my biggest hates of through through like my entire life of films is watching something at the cinema and then having to wait for that <laughs> DVD release. You know, yeah. um, back in the day, and it's like I hate it. And like, if it's if that could just be shortened, like you're not going to lose my money 
you're just going to get my money twice. Obviously, Disney Plus isn't the same, you know, but you're going to you're going to keep my subscription and you're going to get my cinema ticket. Like you're fine, Disney. So just yeah. do it quicker. Yeah, it is frustrating with these because we even saw it with St. Maud, didn't we? Like we saw that in October and mm. then the Blu-ray was, was it Feb this year? Yeah, it was just, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so it was like like what over four month wait, mm. and that was that's just too much for a movie like that, um, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, all good stuff coming forward. Uh, I should say, yeah, in the upcoming weeks, we do actually know what we're doing for the next couple of weeks, Ooh. which is cool, makes a change, um, and it's all courtesy of Shudder. Um, mm-hmm. So next week we are going to be discussing Slacks, which, if you don't know, is about a possessed pair of jeans. Sweet. So that's going to be great, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a great discussion, regardless. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then the week after um, is something that I am extremely excited for. We're going to be having an early preview of the first two episodes of Creep Show Season 2, ahead of its uh, premiere in April. So cannot goddamn wait. We've got some really exciting stuff to look forward to. I know, I know. Which is nice, I man. Cannot, cannot wait to delve into that Creep Show like after uh, seeing that trailer. Like, yes. Oh yeah, so many. I had so many questions, and we <laughs> we do get answers pretty early on, which is good. Yes, we have a lot so to I talk about. Wait. People are not gonna not want to miss that creep show episode. For, you know, for long term fans, we, you know, we're fans of creep show anyway. Um, but yeah, you're gonna you you do not want to miss that episode. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was episode two hundred and thirty eight, where we discussed Lucky. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?